Welcome to Hang On To Your Hat, Dad's In Lockdown, special series, episode one. And we speak to Adam White from a quarantine hotel in Sydney. Bad Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and... Well, the love, of course. (laughs) Derek Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. Before I get over to the chat with Adam, I'd just like to say a shout out to Danny Dan Lee, my co-host for Hang On To Your Hat. Things have been hectic this year and uh, we took so long to get around to starting this year's season that lockdown happened and got us by surprise. So we've got plenty of uh, projects coming up uh, and no doubt Dan will be grabbing a few interviews here and there for this series. I want to say a huge thanks to the city of Yarra who stumped up uh, some financial help for us to get the equipment to allow us and postage to allow us to send uh, quality gear to dads and therefore not only be able to limit who we who we chat with based on their uh, available technology. So we should get a wide range of different dads in lockdown and their experiences. Today I chatted with Adam White who is in a hotel quarantine. He had to rush back to the UK he got, and he talks to us about the process of getting permission. His mum was gravely ill and Adam went over there to see her and she sadly passed while he was there. And he talks about that process and the process of coming home and what's involved in hotel quarantine. He chats to us from the the hotel room with about four or five days left to go. I'm uh, really pleased. I'm not pleased for him because it's a a tough trot, but I'm pleased to have not in the studio – uh, Mr. Adam White, who is uh, yeah, it'd be nice to be in the studio. It would be. I'm sure it'd be nice to be anywhere. Yes, uh, Adam, where are you, and what's going on? Hi, Derek. Uh, currently, I'm in the Sofitel Wentworth in Sydney. I'm in hotel isolation. I should be in the Melbourne hotel isolation, but unfortunately, due to circumstances completely in their control, that's all gone to CAC. Hmm. So. I am. Um, I'm in Sydney. Yeah, there you go. So that we we we've been hearing a bit. Obviously, hotel isolations come into the news quite a bit due to um, the Melbourne one being sort of. They say it's the source of our big outbreak and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So, but we but I haven't really got a clue as to what it's like. You see different people's opinions on. You know whether it's uh, torture and uh, you're not getting looked after, or whether it's uh, a walk in the park. And I, I reckon it'd be something to do with who you are, and what you usually get out of life, and what you need. Like you've got a couple of little kids, don't you? Yeah, I do. I kids. Look, I mean, I'm a, I'm on a 14 day isolation. Obviously, I knew to expect it when I was leaving Australia. Unfortunately, I had to leave because my my mum was very unwell. Mm-hmm. So I had to get back to the UK quite urgently. So 
when I left, I knew that I was going to have to do this two-week hotel isolation on the way back. When I actually left, which was at the start of June, um, obviously this outbreak hadn't happened in Melbourne. It was practically all under control. There were single number figures and lockdown was being relaxed and all the restaurants and the bars were reopening. So I left thinking, oh, everything's under control. Um, obviously, everything that's happened happened while I was away, and obviously I was watching it all happening. Mm. When I actually came back, well, I had two cancelled flights to come back. Um, originally, I was due to come back on the 11th of June, flying into Melbourne. That flight was cancelled. The problem is when your flights are cancelled, they don't give you an alternative. You have to try and get through on the phone and arrange something else. Mm. So I arranged another flight a week later for that to be cancelled again. Um, then when I eventually spoke to someone about that flight, they said that they weren't flying into Melbourne because they were restricting flights to 50 people. Um, and obviously the host, the air, the um, the airlines were favouring business class passengers and cancelling economy flight people. So I got cancelled again. So in the end, I had to, unfortunately, shell out for a business class flight to get back to Sydney. So I got back on the, I can't actually remember the date now. It's all a bit of a blur, but it was about, I don't know, 10 days ago. I've got five days left. So it would have been nine days ago that I got back um, to be met at the airport by the police and the army. The difference with the uh, New South Wales to Victorian lockdown, Sydney lockdown, is that it's completely run by the police right. with a backup by the army. So there's no private security firms here. They've completely, the New South Wales police completely are running it. So you get a guard of honour. Basically, you get these face shields and masks to wear through the airport. Then you get met by... Um, nurses asking you questions when you get off the plane, mm. taking your temperature. The plane, Qatar Airlines, you have to wear a mask the whole flight as well. Mm. Um, and obviously, I was using hand sanitizer and trying to follow all the guidelines as well. Mm. So, we got off the plane, got questioned by the nurses, got my luggage, walked through to be met by about 10 army personnel. We load your luggage onto a coach. There's about 15 of us getting onto a coach where you have to sit separately. Then we drove around Sydney, not knowing where I was going. It was about 10.30 at night. Didn't have a clue where we were going. All of a sudden, we pulled up outside this hotel. A policewoman got on board, said we're now under the supervision of the New South Wales Police. And... Um, can everyone come off to it at a time? Unfortunately, I was sitting at the back of the coach, so I was last off. So that would have been about 11.30 at night. When I got into the hotel to three police people sitting at a desk asking me questions, then they gave me my room number. I got taken upstairs by a couple of army people. The whole time, everyone's wearing masks. got taken to my room which I'm on the 10th floor. My view is two big apartment, no, office blocks. Uh, taken into my room, and then that's the last. I haven't been out of the room since. So I'm, well, I'm on day nine now. 
Did yep. you? Did you? Um, in in the lead up, like the aeroplane and the coach and the hotel, did you bond? Like in the movies, people go through these things, they bond. But I guess with this, then they put you in your own. It's like solitary. It's more yeah, like no, a Jason no, Bourne kind of you, vibe. There's no bonding. Because you can't tap through the wall. From everyone. Like, there's someone in there. Tap 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 tap. Yeah, like I don't that. want to bond with anyone who's got the got the disease. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be a bit Stay weird. away from me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm certainly not in the school of thought to complain. And you sound like you're just copying it all on the chin. And well, financially and look, everything, there's bigger things at stake. But, there um, is bigger things at stake. Yeah. But obviously, I try not to talk about it too much. Some of my friends say to me, oh, how are you coping? You know, I, I just say to them, can you just not talk but about it? Keep that? reminding you of how Don't how keep you reminding me be. of what a shit position I'm in here. If you know what I mean, yeah, I've got, yeah. I mean, I've just—it's just one day at a time. I'm not even counting down the days. It's funny yesterday because I was sure it was Thursday and it was Friday. I was like, oh, that's one less day I've got to do, which I didn't realise. That is a win. So that was a win. It was like, oh, it's Friday. I thought it was Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the day is pretty. I mean, the room's not bad. The the bed's comfortable. I've got my laptop. I've got TV, obviously. I um, I've got uh, Netflix and Stan on my phone, and the TV in the room's got Chromecast on it, yep. so I can uh, stream TV to the TV. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So I've actually taken this opportunity to watch Breaking Bad. Oh, good! You caught up. <laughs> Had you started at all? Well, I never watched it before. Oh, so I started from the scratch. Uh, wow. And I'm nearly at the end of, of series four. Good work. What happens if you yeah. don't? What if? What happens if you don't get it all done in four days? You you should be able to smash it. No, I should be able to get it all done yeah. by then. Yeah, and let me um, know if you need any more. I've got heaps of ideas like that. All right, thanks. <laughs> they give you another two weeks. Does it feel a bit weird being going through this really clinical police, military, all these rules, and? Uh, and and the isolation and the expense, when you know that you know in your home, even in your home suburb, there's people going, having a sniff, going, oh no, I'll be right, and still you know delivering Uber Eats or still oh, going down the shop or going to Bunnings. It Does is it crazy. Feel a bit I mean, you know, I watch it from afar, and I think, please, people, do the right thing. Mm. It's you up know? to us, isn't it? It's up to everyone. Yeah, it's completely up to us to do the right thing. I mean, as soon as you get a sniffle, we'll get tested, but then stay in as well and isolate. Yeah. Um, I actually went on a cycling holiday to Vietnam in the last week of February. Mm. And one of the guys I was with actually flew out of Milan because he worked in Italy mm. um, when it was really going off in Italy. So, And then when I got back, I got a cold straight away. So I actually got tested then. Wow. So that was back in March. Um, and I, I, I isolated then. Mm. And I missed my daughter's 13th birthday party as well because of it. Um, but then I was luckily I was negative. You're a bit of a breakthrough guy with all of this, aren't you? Yeah. First test. There like, you go. I don't know anyone's tested around these parts for, yeah. Till and then, uh, and then I've got tested again here. Yep. So you get tested twice while you're in quarantine here. You get tested on the third day, I think it was. Mm. And I got a call a couple of days later to say it was negative. And I get, I'm get i actually getting tested today. Right. So maybe they'll knock on the door and test me while I'm on the phone. That'd be Who a knows? scoop. That'd be a big scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Do they put it in your 
because I'm a bit of a gagger. Like I, I can oh, barely really, brush my teeth. I can barely brush my teeth without going. You into don't realise how bad it is. Oh no! Don't say that. Because they they do your throat, and then they do both nostrils, and they don't just tickle it up there; they push it right down there. Uh, does it feel like it's, it's like touching your eyes and stuff? Like I imagine it's. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, basically, from they go to, I think they go through your nostril and they go right down to your throat. All right. It gets you. It gets your eyes watering. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, well, something we can probably, at least half of us, look forward to at some stage. In the next well, I, th- I think they're talking about a quicker one with saliva, aren't they? But I don't know how, how far they are with that. That'd be great. They'd be yeah. like like those dudes who are, had a knee reconstruction in the eighties, and and they got these huge scars everywhere, and then that's it. And now it's now just going, oh, I didn't know. Wait, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> so this is a fatherhood podcast. So we, we understanding that obviously I this what do you call it? Uh, quarantine is yeah pretty full on uh, for mental health. You were saying to me uh, before we started chatting about. Um, the nurse that comes in, can you? You were saying yeah. That. So basically, I get a daily nurse. I just get a daily phone call. Yep. Um, from the nurse, just basically saying, you know, how are you feeling today? How are your symptoms? How are you feeling? You know, mentally, you feeling okay? Because mm. I think they'll offer lots of like sort of counselling services if you if you start feeling a bit down. Yeah. Um, which is great. You know, I think. I mean, I think from the sound of it, this hotel is pretty full up. Yeah, um, wow. of people in isolation. So I think you know, if you're just stuck on your own in a room, if you think about it, I think the key is not to think about it too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You've you've just got to. All of a sudden, it will end. Yeah. So, and also, I'm just trying to keep myself active. Um, I did five thousand steps the other day, walking up and down. There's ten That's strides. That's a month's worth, from, Adam. That's a month's worth of steps. <laughs> well, there's ten strides from the door to the window. So I did 5,000 of them to oh. work that one out. Oh. So that took about an hour. That wouldn't and have I also got myself, And I also got myself a mini trampoline as well. Oh, right. Which breaks down into the – folds down into my case. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so trampolines are pretty good because it gets your heart going, but it's not as energetic as – Running, if you know what I mean, and so, they can't really run anyway. So, would you say the like the better person you are, or like as far as maybe you're looking after your health and you know hanging out with your kids and all these other things, the the harder isolation like this would hit you, because you know sitting in a hotel room for two, I I don't think I'd go. What am I going to do for exercise? I don't think it would hit me. I'd go. <laughs> Oh, it's less than six months. I'm, I, I'm, it's not really going to matter that much. But um, but seeing the kids, it's pretty full. On. I yes, felt so basically, the great thing yeah. about it is, is got, I do FaceTime every day with the kids. Yeah. yeah. So I did it every day while I was in the UK as well. So yeah. by the time I get home, it'll be nearly two months by the time I've been away. Yeah. So I've, did, you know, I've done FaceTime with everyone once at least once a day ever yeah. since I've been away. So I'm in contact with the kids, and obviously, you know, when I went away, they were going, they were back at school, and then they had their school holidays, and then the holidays just get extended, and now yeah. they're doing homeschooling again, which is a problem for my younger one because I was helping her with her homeschooling. Yeah, how old but is we've she? Got a, she's uh, eleven. Yeah, so she's yeah. still at, she's still at um, primary school. Yeah. The older ones homeschooling is a bit easier because she's at senior school, and now 
full of proper online classes. Yeah. But my younger one, she is just more all assignments. There's a big push. I've got a grade six and a grade four. So similar, but but both primary. But the grade six one's a bit of a worry for us because this is probably the period of time when they'd be ramping up that, you know, that sort of all the hype about, you know, when you get to high school, you'll be responsible for this and that and you'll decide to go to classes and you have to, but you'll, you know, you've got to go there and, you know, you're responsible. So in one sense, that whole ramping up, he's missing, but in another sense, he's doing it. It's sort of, you know, it's like they're taking care of their own business. Yeah, Both I think are, I think what ten year olds doing was, doing way better. <laughs> yeah, I think with the uh, with the grade six, uh, she when I wasn't there to help her, she's actually she's actually stepped up. One of the things that I was doing for her, she started to do it herself. Yeah. So, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. She's taking a bit more responsibility. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just leaving me to do it. Yeah. So, and she's actually done it without fuss. So it's it's been good for that. As well as that, you're always there. You know, we, we, where I'm, uh, I'm in the. I've got these two studios, and the, so the kids are schooling in one. Our house is actually smaller than my studio, so yeah, I've got, got yeah. any clients in there at all. So there's no. So it's just the kids. So they go in the studio and they set up the computers and do their business. And when I can, I nick into the other room and do some editing or whatever I do. And yeah. so they. Uh, have don't have that always that access. They might walk in and I'm sitting here looking at the camera and I'm going with my one arm. I'm trying to quietly <laughs> go, piss off, <laughs> sort of thing. But your kids would be the same. It's just like I'm like eight foot through the wall from my kids. But literally, we were doing video calls yesterday. <laughs> like my That's son funny. discovered how to do it with Google. Yeah, and he's video calling me, and my, and my daughter sort of runs in. Dad, help me! But it's it's not that much different. It's just the hugs and all that. And they they've got yeah, that's right. They've got their mum there. Yeah, uh, that's right. Like She's that. there as well. I mean, she does work during the day, mm. but um, she has obviously if they've got any problems, she can help them when she gets home. She gets home about three ish anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um. So that's awesome, but it'd be a great day when you get home. So you're in Sydney. Oh, yeah. So d- what happens if you fly into Melbourne and they say you have to do two weeks quarantine? Well, I don't think you do, as far as I know you don't, because obviously you've, I'm not flying in from international. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Maybe, I've got more chance probably of catching it in Melbourne than bringing it in at the moment. Well, that's it. It's like the fruit fly thing. No one really knows which way. Is <laughs> who's trying <laughs> exactly. To, who's trying to protect yeah. who here? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you've you've got about um, some of the big topics that I like to talk about on this show. Uh, you'll probably touch on a whole bunch of those. Um, and one of them is distance, um, long distance, being a, being a kid, emigrating, I guess you'd call it, being away. Yeah. A lot of friends of mine are from the UK and Germany and various other countries. And, you know, when you're young, you you go there and you do the best for your family and all that, but then there comes a time which you've been going through now, uh, where that distance becomes a big thing. You know, yeah. I've, got, I've got friends whose parents come out and visit their grandkids all the time, and they fly back and fly there. And in it, it, I watched my parents go through that um, in the seventies okay. and eighties. So yeah. they, they emigrated here with us when we were six or seven. And and I watched them uh, go through that process. But in those days, a phone call to Nana was, 
you know, you got 10 seconds on the phone and they snatched it away. It was like $10 or something using STD. Um, and Nana came once and and that was it. It was like once – in those days, once you emigrated, that was done. There was no video call. You, you know, yeah. you weren't going to package up a Super 8 film and a projector and send it back to Scotland sort of thing. Oh, yeah, it's massively different these days with the FaceTime and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then awesome. obviously it is a big problem – that's one of the big drawbacks of moving, you know, for me moving overseas was leaving yeah. all my family in the UK. Yeah. Especially in the case of like my, my mother passing away now. Mm. Um, massive thing, you know, she's not there anymore. She's no, never not been there my whole life. And now all of a sudden she's not there. Yeah. And for, yeah. you know, I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I had to go and see her. Yeah. But it's not just a case of, you know, going a mile down the road to see her. It's uh, a case of flying like, halfway around the world and then with what with all this COVID thing going, getting approval to leave the country and that took about four or five days. Mm. And then obviously, you know, with what's the, the hassle of getting back as well. It's just been a real journey, let's say, for the last couple of months. But, you know, I mean, this, I don't, I think they're doing the right thing with what I'm doing here, you know, putting yeah. us in quarantine and making sure, trying to control the spread. Mm. You know, um, it's just unfortunate that what's happened in Melbourne just shows how easily it can spread if it's not done properly. That's it, yeah. And do you think yep. this, um, you know, can you imagine what it'd be like if you weren't, you know, weren't you and you weren't able to, in, in this current situation in your life, able to go through all of that? You know, it'd be I mean? awful. Like, yeah, 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 and it's it's pretty hard. And I guess I assume that's what it was like for my parents. You know, like you, you just didn't have the dough to just jump up and uh, when it was time to just go to the UK. I remember my mum yeah. going back after my nana had passed and uh, to deal with stuff. But uh, you know, it 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 is tough. But but this whole, I guess, this whole process you've been through and are still going through. Uh, and the sacrifices that you have have to make because that's how it is. Um, maybe that gives you that that a, a, sort of a stronger sense that that you, you know you're doing it for your mum and you you know like it, it takes away some of that guilt. Yeah, some people actually, are feeling that's a really good here. point. Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, I'm going through all this now because I went home to to see my mom. Mm. So I had a really good. I've got a really good reason of sitting here in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've got a really good reason for being here and doing that because of what I did. Yeah, so I can't begrudge that. Mm. Um, there's a quite a bit of, I mean, there's a bit of a backlash you, you see on the social media. People going, uh, you know, when they were talking about having to pay, um, people having to now pay for their own quarantine and stuff like that. And there's a bit of a backlash going, why didn't they come home before? And blah, 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 blah. but then I guess you're in a position of people uh, of having to then say your personal story to people to so that yeah, they everyone's got different stories yeah. you know some people yeah. were stuck there some people couldn't couldn't get back yeah exactly. there are different everyone's got a different not everyone's the same you know you mm. can't just say uh, a blanket statement yeah. yeah you know i'm sure some of the hotels were in melbourne were done properly well yeah. you know they only really talk about two hotels where yeah. they had problems yeah. so i'm sure they're in a lot more hotels did, did the job right but the, you know, what these two hotels have done 
oh, yeah. spread into the northern suburbs and it just gone on. And, you know? And what do you think about um, the politicising of it all? Like, I know we're getting a bit off fatherhood, but, but you know, you, you sort of look at the world. What do you say to your kids when they – when you talk about world leaders, and I mean, I, I don't remember my parents ever mentioning politics at all. No, I mean, day- I, do, I think personally that um, some of the world leaders have done a pretty awful job. I think they've done a really bad job in the US, and I think they go a really pretty poor job in the UK to start with. Mm. They backtracked a bit, but it's as if they denied it was going to happen to them. Yeah, yeah. Like the UK, for instance, I think Italy had about 20,000 deaths, and they had none. They had plenty of time. Yeah. to put things in place but they've never ever quarantined you know they people I think before I while I was away I heard that 18 million people had flown into the UK since it all started and just gone out into the into the um, population and then they wonder why they've got so many cases and once it gets a, the problem is with it is once it takes a hold and it spreads it's so hard to control it yeah, that's, that's where Australia did so well in controlling it is that it didn't get out into the population. But once it does, it's just really hard to stop it getting out, taking a hold. Um, you know, I think like, you see that for some reason Scotland's done really well, but England's done pretty bad, but they've got different rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard it's not to politicise it, but it's interesting that, you know, uh, Brazil, USA, UK to a certain extent, some of these leaders have just not helped the situation whatsoever. They think the economy is more yeah. than the, the important than the health. That's it. It seems to be a pattern forming where these people that seem to be in leadership positions who clearly are not, they're not leaders, they're uh, social influencers or or, you know, there's other words for them, what they are, people that have been bought in and, you know, murdocked into the position or whatever it is. But yeah. it, but the thing that's missing is leadership. Like, there appears to be none. Here in Victoria, fine. Even, you know, I don't agree with the New South Wales Premier and so many things, but but either way, they're, they're, they're there in their job as leaders and that's how they got their job, the leader of a party or whatever. And, that, and they're doing it. They're leading um, it, and it you can feel it, even though there's all this backlash for everything you do, and all that. There's nothing you can do, but that Boris and and uh, Trump and all that they appear not to be actual leaders. They appear to be people that have just accidentally fallen on this job due to you know circumstances, you know ridiculous world circumstances. So, and then this is the only time they get shown up. Like, they'd be fine if it wasn't for this. Yeah, they're absolutely. And also, the other thing is, remember, this is a health crisis. Yeah. You really need to listen to the health people, the oh, health professionals yeah. to manage yeah. it. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Know? Yeah. If you don't listen to a politician, why would a politician know yeah. what sort of what to do, what's best for everyone? They really need to listen to the, the health professionals exactly. how to do it. That's exactly. why I'm quite comfortable wearing a mask. You know, absolutely. Because not only would I not want to catch it, but I wouldn't want to pass it on to anyone at the same time. Have you got one ready? Have you? If the, if the family got you a custom special mask? No, I've got plenty of masks myself. I was travelling with those N95 ones. Yeah. Oh, that's the real thing. Well, you know. Yeah. I just thought I'm not going to risk this. I mean, it's travelling, especially going to the UK, where uh, obviously. And the interesting thing is, I mean, they do a daily update on the in the UK. 
They start with how many deaths they've had that day. Yeah. That's what they start with. And if it's under 150 deaths a day, they think they're doing well. So that's the difference between here and there. But what about the so effect? I understand 150 people are dead, but what about this news cycle? What about the effect? All the adults constantly, I'm talking about the kids again, they're exposed to this news all the time, just how many deaths. So it's coming, you you know, not you're yep. going to die. And, you know, and, and, and now the, they've got no choice but to, to really hammer home that kids can get it and kids can die of it. Like they're really, last week, they've had to hammer that home because of the whole Trump thing kind of saying schools should open and all that. And I just keep thinking the kids that get exposed to that, they're exposed to me whinging about Trump all the time. They're exposed to me carrying on about, you know, and, and, and I'm starting to realise, I don't know about you, when you get home, you'll realise you, your kids have been exposed to, you know, some pretty negative news all the time. Oh, sweet. I mean, you imagine this year with the we felt this, and then we had the bushfires as well. Yeah, yeah. It's been a crazy six months, isn't it? Or eight months now, whatever it is. Yeah, we grew up yeah. with the threat of new. You know, there was going to be a nuclear war any moment when when I was yeah, that's uh, right. we were similar yeah. age, and and uh, but there wasn't one. That's the difference. Yeah. There wasn't one, and ha- having nearly had one a few times and then not didn't affect our health. It didn't affect you know. It didn't affect. Technically, it didn't affect us, but this is different. And I think the problem with our us middle-aged people is we go, yeah, yeah, we've we've had these crises. We didn't. It didn't get us. It didn't happen. It was close, but it didn't happen. Whereas this is, you know, with the climate, they they're getting pummeled with this thing. So I don't know whether you're just over whether we're meant to override. Um, well, the we, thing about it is not only that with the children. You got to remember, it's not only have they got to live with it. They've also got to follow the guidelines as well. Yeah. So they've got to wear a mask. You know, we didn't even think about everything that we experienced when we were younger, what with nuclear threat and everything like that. It never affected our day-to-day. That's right. Uh, this is affecting their day-to-day. Yeah. You know, their home, I mean, homeschooling and, you know, obviously we never have experienced anything like this. No, that is true. It's crazy. Yeah. And and what are they – is this an awake? Is this going to be another awakening? That's what I'm thinking, you know. Um, the the powers that be, I guess you'd call it, are constantly denying science and all that. But that science denial is getting a bit of a hammering right now for obvious reasons. People yeah. are physically dying, you know, next door in people's houses. People are people are dying of science denial. Let's face it, yeah. that you can't. Um, and and people are just it's just becoming numbers. People. Well, the thing I think the thing about. Like the US, the reason it's so bad is because there's so many people denying it. Yeah, exactly. They're not following the guidelines. Exactly. It's just crazy. They build it into a conspiracy theory and uh, and then people die. It's, it's, yeah, that's right. It's that simple. And, and that could coronavirus save the, um, save the planet. Do you know what I mean? Like, could, yeah. Could, could, this, could this switch around? And like right now, because the, the planet, you know, the planet being destroyed by us uh, because because of science denial and all that is later, just like our nuclear war that we we're going to get. That's later and later. So could uh, you know bring it? Could it bring home to all ages rather than just kids? Because kids are pretty cool with climate, but they're, they're also you know at the whim of politicians. 
and the media. I know it's inter- it's interesting. I mean, when I noticed when they do they do a daily broadcast at four o'clock yep. in the UK on the BBC, like with the politics generates Boris Johnson, but it'll be his, well, one of his top ministers doing it. Otherwise, and all you know, all right, they they say about the the amount of deaths, but then they just talk about getting everything back to normal. Yeah. You know, they're just really focused on, it's as if like, they know social distancing, wearing masks, they've, they've said that people have to wear masks now in shops in the UK yeah. uh, and on public transport. Is that just going to become the new norm? And we just, I think in the UK, somewhere like that, it's got to such extent that they don't think they were going to ever going to wipe it out until there's a vaccine. I think they're just trying to control it until there's a vaccine. You know, whereas here, well, Australia, they think, right, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to, you know. Yeah. The New Zealand plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, work, work with the New Zealand plan, which we nearly did. Mm. I don't think in those countries where it had a big foothold that they ever think they're going to eliminate it. I just think that they're going to, they're going to try and control it with social distancing, masks, yeah. and wait for the day of a vaccine to come. I think that's really what their plan is. Yeah, they're never going to eliminate it. Now you're in you're in the industry that a global industry, aren't you? I'm in a global industry, and our industry has been decimated. My yeah. industry is uh, we. I'm involved with a company that manufactures skincare, yeah. professional use, so in beauty salons, and bars, and medi spas, yeah. hotels, and resorts. And basically, our industry has just been closed down. Mm. Uh, it's really affected our business. Our only customers really are ones that are selling online at the moment. Yeah. Although think- in Australia they've started up again, but yeah. apart from Victoria, yeah. now, yeah. Do you think a lot of Do you think a lot of industries are starting? I noticed that uh, you know Japan have got an incentive scheme for their companies to move away from China and back into Japan or neighbouring uh, independent Asian countries. Do you, do, you, do you feel there's going to be another big push for the local industry to sort of try and reboot local manufacturing and, and stuff I think, like that? I think a lot really... of people – I think there's a massive, been a massive reliance on China yep. over the last 10 or 15 years and it's yep. just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know. In, you know, once – I mean, I'm just talking – post-vaccine because I don't think anything much is going to change till then but I wouldn't be surprised if in 12 months time after that everything just goes back to normal yeah I don't know probably I mean I'm sure there'll be a sense of panic where all right let's make sure there'll be a lot more there'll be a lot of warehouse government warehouses around the place I reckon stuffed full of things for for next time because you know how could there not be um next time. But on a plus side, before we finish up, I'm going to discount uh, as an automatic uh, hugging the kids and the missus <laughs> and I'm going to say, all right, Adam, what is the what is the big thing you're looking forward to when you get home? When I get home? Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's your first thing after the obvious first two? Well, I probably can't say the first thing. Well, well, well that's part of the, number two. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think just basically just breathing in the air, being home. Okay, yeah. You know, being in my own environment. You know, I've been away from home for two months. There's a lot happening. 
Yeah. Man. Yeah. So you can hear, I'm going to get a knock on the door now. I can hear lunch coming. Oh, you beauty. That's perfect timing. Yeah. So, so that's basically, I just open the door and there it is in a brown paper bag. Oh, really? Who knows what I've got today? It's all a surprise. Oh, looks fantastic. No, I think, yeah, just getting home, back to my own environment, I think it'd be great. And like speaking to my friends, I can't see them, but speaking to them on the phone. I have kept in contact with a lot of people anyway. Yeah. A lot of people have been kind enough to call me. Uh, one of my good friends, Dave Parsons, he sent me a case of red wine, which uh, I'm only allowed one bottle at a time, but that's how past the Oh, yeah. What? I know. Oh, it's three beers a day or one bottle of wine a day. Although one bottle of wine both. a day. Yeah, I'm not piss fit. One bottle of wine now would send me on my ear. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that's that's exactly right. I mean, I did I did a bottle yesterday and it was, I had an early night, let's just say. <laughs> as long as they smuggle some Panadols in there as well. Yeah. No, I've got Panadol. I've got Panadol. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but no, I think, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just getting home and breathing and being in my own environment as well, being in my own house. Yeah. Uh, what about a backyard? My dog, You've got a backyard. Budg- budg- yeah. yeah, it's got the backyard. Seen That's the dog, seen the budgie. Yeah. Sure, the budgies miss me. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> Fantastic animal. Seen my lambrettas as well. I'm sure oh, they've missed yes. me. Actually, my club plate. I'm getting a bit worried. He might have run out. Yeah, mine ran out. I've got to go through the whole thing again. Oh, uh, you know, I think I'm all right. I think you have three months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after the date, so I think it, it went it ran out on the sixth of June. Okay. So I've got all the paperwork, so I should just be okay. All right. Yeah, well, that's good news. But whether you're allowed to ride it or not, we won't know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, thanks a million, Adam. I appreciate you sharing this experience for our first of the lockdown dad special. Hang on to you. No worries, Derek. All right. Thanks for calling. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Enjoy your lunch. Bye. (laughs) 